The Dying of the Light From Flashbangs and Frag Grenades By Calchexis Read by Sam Gabriel Based on League of Legends by Riot Games Chapter 1 It wasn't quite dawn over Piltover yet, but the season was growing warmer as winter faded to spring, so it wasn't as frigid as it had been. Not that Jinx could notice the difference so much, but that's what Lux had told her. Ever since Lux realized that Jinx could feel the cold, just in a muted, distant way, she would get fussy about wearing a coat or something. Jinx let her fuss, because, although she'd never said it, it was kind of nice. It reminded her of something, or someone, or maybe different someones who used to fuss over her. It reminded her of times when things were maybe not simpler, but easier, more innocent. Times when she didn't really know how broken she was. Jinx ran her hand over the fine fabric of her father's coat. It rested on her shoulders more easily than she thought it would. Some part of her imagined that it would slide off because it was too big, but maybe that was just her memories. He had seemed so big back then, at least she thought so. She couldn't remember his face, but she could remember some things. A voice that was strong and steady, long-fingered hands that were dexterous. She remembered mismatched eyes, and a subtle laugh, and the smell of cigar smoke. She remembered the smell of cigar smoke most of all. Her foot tapped a metronome count against the rooftop she was sitting on, and she ticked down the seconds and minutes in the back of her mind. It was getting close to shift change, and once it started, so would everything else. So much would start. Too much, maybe. It was Lux's idea, though. Lux's plan. It was a good plan. A complicated plan. It was a plan that Jinx wouldn't have thought of, but that was understandable. Jinx thought of plans that mostly began and ended with explosions, and everything else before, in between, and after was kind of squidgy. Lux thought of plans the way Pilties thought of plans, like well-oiled machines. The only difference was that Lux's machine also exploded, and that was one of the many reasons Jinx loved her so much. The street beneath her was empty, and the shop across the street was dark. The people who lived there would still be asleep, assuming they were there at all. Jinx hadn't been able to pin that down, so that's where the plan came in. And the best part about the plan was that it mostly just involved Jinx being Jinx. Metal scraping on metal grated on Jinx's ears. She looked down at the fingers of her left hand, which were clenching and unclenching numbly, their metal tips scraping against Pow Pow's chassis where they rested. She could use her hands now, but only kind of. A month straight of practice, and she could use it. It didn't stop Jinx from hating that hand. She hated the whole stupid arm. It kept doing stuff she didn't want it to. Fortunately, she'd found a workaround. Pow Pow had needed a rebuild anyway, and with it came a few upgrades, a little hex tech to spice things up. Unlike the older model, this Pow Pow lacked a traditional grip and trigger mechanism. Instead, there was a port along the side just large enough for her hand and half of her forearm. It had taken her a full week to get the modifications right, but once she'd taken her arm apart and put it back together a few times, she'd figured out how to do it. And now it was almost time. The funny thing was that Jinx almost didn't want that time to come, because Lux had told her what it would mean. The beginning of the end. The end of their life hiding in that comfortable little flat on the 82nd floor of Spire 14. 
the end of the peace that Jinx had ironically kind of been enjoying. Some desperate part of her still craved that comfortable silence of the early morning just after waking, when she could spend the whole time just staring at Lux and how her soft, golden hair fell across her sleeping face. That time was over, one way or another, and like every other moment of peace that had ended in Jinx's life, it was going to end because Jinx was going to pull a trigger. It would end with the roar of explosive detonation, the stink of sulfur, and lit by muzzle flare. And Jinx didn't want it to end. That was the worst part. For once, Jinx didn't want the peace to end. She wanted to set Pow Pow down, go back to their flat, and go back to sleep next to Lux. She wanted to wake up to the sound of Lux's off-key humming and the smell of breakfast, and then tell Lux good morning, and then... and then do it all again. And again, and again, and again. Was that too much to ask? Apparently so, because it wasn't in the cards, because cards meant they were playing a game, and they weren't, not anymore. They had tried to kill Jinx's light, tried to snuff it out, so it wasn't a game anymore. No more hide-and-seek, no more keep-away, no more cards. They'd played their last hand. And it was aces and eights. Game. Over. Reaching into her coat, Jinx pulled out a detonator and flicked the cap off the top. It was more advanced than the one she usually used. She'd spent yesterday putting up signal transceivers on certain spires to boost the range, and now the signal put out by that little detonator could reach across the city. Dear friend across the river, Oh, take what you can spare, Jinx sang softly as she turned the detonator over and over in her palm. I ask you without envy, we raise no mighty towers. Her thumb came down on the red button with a muted click. Our homes are built of stone. The delay was measured in seconds and then Piltover shook as, in the distance, Spire 14 splintered like an ancient tree struck by lightning, and the skyline of Piltover changed as the home she had shared with Lux canted drunkenly to one side, and Jinx imagined she could hear screams. How many people had she just killed? Did it matter? No, no, it didn't matter, because Piltover had tried to take away her light. They had tried to kill Lux. So let them scream— and let their screams pull every single enforcer in the city to them. Jinx's lips stretched into a lupine rictus as she stood, angled her hand against Pow Pow's port, and slipped it inside. Pain sparked through her fingers and bit into her brain as the connection and awareness of her limbs spread to Pow Pow, and suddenly, instead of twitchy fingers, it was twitchy barrels. It was almost like having her real hand back, the way she would idly spin up Pow Pow's barrels, only to release. The difference now was that she was doing it without fingers. The barrels spun, then relaxed, then spun again. Finally, Jinx felt whole. And she took a step off the rooftop and dropped down to street level. By now the enforcers would all be running to the biggest disaster of their time. A spire sapped all the way to its foundations in Zon. Their ears would be full of clacks and cries and the screams of the dying. Best they get used to that sound. There was going to be a lot more of it very soon. So come across the river. Jinx raised Pow Pow's barrels and took aim at the ornate storefront stroke homestead that bore the name 
Arctura Hexacoustics. And fine, there will be Pow Pow roared. Armor-piercing rounds shredded through the front facade, tearing metal walls, stone supports, and painted wood into so much shredded wreckage. Screams and shouts came from the houses around her. At least she thought they did. It was hard to tell under the weight of gunfire. Jinx moved left to right, then right to left, then back again in typewriter motions, methodically demolishing the building. Wards flashed and flared. Hextech barriers fizzed and popped with ozone snaps. There had been powerful protections in place, just like Lux had predicted, but nothing like enough. Not enough for these bullets. Their tips were made special. Hextech might have been magic powered by science, but it was still magic, and petrocyte was petrocyte. The roaring continued as Jinx reduced the entire building to rubble, pouring streams of bullets into it until the ceiling collapsed in on itself with an agonized groan. The groan was shattered by a high, keening note that blew through the rubble, and Jinx's grin widened as she rolled to the side. The street where she'd been standing splintered apart as a soft, melodic hum rose from the cloud of dust and debris that had once been a home. Seraphine Arctura was bloodied. Her long sleeping gown was covered in stone dust and her pink hair askew as she slumped against the rail of her hexacoustic platform. The static flicker and pop of a barrier she'd put around herself was fading from existence as she drifted out onto the street. For someone whose face seemed to be perpetually inches away from a smile, the look she was wearing just then seemed like it belonged to a wholly different person. Her brow was furrowed and those bluebell eyes were blazing as she had the rail of her platform in her white-knuckled grip. "'Morning, Pinks,' Jinx said brightly as she stood upright. "'Up for some early exercise?' "'Why?' Seraphine screamed breathlessly. "'Because you tried to kill my wife.' Seraphine's face went slack with shock, and Jinx snapped Zapper up and fired from the hip. Only reflex pulled Seraphine out of the way as the bolt clipped her platform and the hover propulsion went haywire, sending her jinking and swinging wildly around. She belted out more high notes, sending migraine-sharp stabs of oral energy at Jinx, blowing holes in the street and the platforms nearby as Jinx danced around them. Stop! Seraphine cried as she finally yoked control of her platform back and spun out of the way of a stream of gunfire. Whatever you think I did, I promise I didn't! Nice try, Pinkett. Jinx swung a wild spray of shots through the air, and Seraphine flattened herself against the floor of her platform as she commanded it to surge away. At the same time, Jinx spun and tossed a full belt of chompers, pins pulled, chattering in the opposite direction to land with a clatter directly in Seraphine's path. The songstress thundered out a sonic barrier as she pulled her platform up, trying to kill her momentum and turn herself around. It was the first time Jinx had ever heard Seraphine scream the word fuck at the top of her impressive lungs. The chompers detonated, sending Seraphine spiraling away, upending her platform and dumping her gracelessly onto the street where she came to a rolling halt near the ruin of her childhood home, and Jinx let Pow Pow spin down as she walked casually through the gun smoke towards her. She was standing right over Seraphine when she heard it. A faint click and Jinx bent backward almost in half as a crack of a carbine sent a shot through where she'd been standing. It wouldn't have been a kill shot, probably. Center mass, though, and that would have hurt like a bitch. Standing straight, 
Jinx whipped around, brought Pow Pow up, and took aim at... a kid. He was shaking and looked far too young. Younger than her, for sure. Maybe eighteen by the acne-riddled face, and wearing a brand new, if slightly crumpled, enforcer uniform. A newly minted copperhead. He was holding his carbine in shaky hands, his uniform jacket hanging open and unbuttoned, hair wild with disturbed sleep, and eyes wild with fear. And he had her sighted down the barrel from the doorway of a home that had been recently pockmarked with stray fire. Jinx could see people hiding behind him, family maybe. And there was a little girl, a younger sister probably, peeking through the window with wide, fear-blown eyes. You really want to do this? Jinx asked as Pow Pow started to spin. Or do you want to drop the gun? Go back inside and wait for the noise to stop. Because Pow Pow's a good girl. She gave her gun a shake. But she ain't exactly a precision instrument, you know? Seraphine groaned and moved beneath her, and Jinx heard her start to take in a deep breath for another belted note. A kick to her gut put an end to that, Jinx planted a boot on Seraphine's throat as the breath was beaten from her lungs, pinning her back down to the ground while she spun up Pow Pow's barrels. The copperhead kid swallowed thickly. Fucking trenchy! Several new holes opened up in his torso before he could even pull his trigger, and the occupants of the house screamed. It was a wail of sorrow and grief and loss. Those sounds were sounds that Jinx knew intimately. Stupid Pilty. Jinx cackled. He was literally too stupid to live. Turning away from the cries, she looked down at Seraphine, who was struggling weakly beneath her boot, and brought Pow Pow's barrels up to spin slowly less than a foot from her face. Seraphine went bloodless. I thought we were okay. But then you tried to kill my wife, dummy, Jinx said. So now I gotta kill you, and your parents, and, uh... Got any extended family? I'll pay them a visit, too. Wait! Seraphine choked out. I, 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 I didn't do anything! Jinx reached into her coat and pulled out the hex-deck plate that had been responsible for putting Warwick in their path, and threw it down next to Seraphine's head. You probably think I'm stupid, huh? Jinx said. But I'm not stupid. I'm crazy. There's a difference between crazy and stupid. Stupid. Seraphine stared, wide-eyed at the plate, her eyes tracing over the intricate machining and a painful light of recognition bloomed in her eyes. Seraphine was an idealist, but she was also an engineer. Lux had told her that. She, like her parents, was a talented hexacoustic technician. She had to recognize her own family's work. I... Seraphine looked back up at Jinx in horror as the boot on her throat pressed down harder. You tried to kill my world, so I'll kill yours, Jinx said. So, um, quick question. Were your parents in there? She gestured at the ruined house with Pow Pow. And I'd answer quick, cause, uh... She turns to angle her weapon at the houses around them. I'm getting kind of bored. No! Seraphine cried. No, they... they weren't! Alarm klaxons began to howl through the streets, and Jinx scowled, then stood and angled Pow Pow back down at Seraphine's face. Tears started to spill down her cheeks, and a moment later she began to sob. Sighing, Jinx shook her head. 
Sorry, Pinks, she said. But this one is kind of personal. Where'd they go? Pow-Pow whined as it spun up. Noxus, Seraphine bawled. Neat, thanks. Jinx lowered Pow-Pow, then snapped Zapper up and shot Seraphine in the chest. The songstress screamed as she convulsed on the ground before falling limp, the chest of her nightgown scorched black with a bolt that struck her at almost point-blank range. Pulling her boot off of Seraphine's throat, Jinx turns to look back across the skyline back to the spire, where their recently cleared-out flat had been and grimaced at the loss. Just one more home that the Pilties had taken away from her, but Lux had been right. Staying in Piltover was too dangerous. Zaun was the only place they could safely hide. The only place where they could be together. In the end, that was all that mattered. Places came and went, but so long as they were together, Jinx would be happy. That would come later, though. For now, she had a plan to follow. And this one was going to get real loud. The text of this story is available on AO3. Music by Dot Matrix. If you would like me to record a story, voiceover, or character, get in touch using the contact information available on my website, which is located at samgabrielvo.com. And there you can find other stories that I've read, as well as a link to my Discord server, where I record things live for your enjoyment. And finally, as always, thank you for listening.